T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Previously on Crash and Fourier. Ooh, I can't believe these guys think they can just play a parade. Like, they haven't even played a game yet. Who do they think they are? That was also your first Super Bowl, too. So uh, there was... No, that was my second one. Wait, was that 04? Oh, oh, that's one. right. It was the second one. Sorry, the first yeah, one was in I Houston. Was really brainwashed by Ben. Got it. Oh, oh you yeah, were... that was 100%. You were like a zombie. I was like, oh, they no. think we suck. <laughs> you guys won 21 games in a row. We are not good. We were, the, we were the first, we were the number one seed. Oh, we suck still. This is Gresh and Fourier. Celtics, for the second time this year, their nine-game win streak will come to an end in a Monday night road game. They will take their talents and the NBA's best record to South Beach. Jason Tatum and the Celtics made a run early in the fourth. But Orlando shoots 51% from the floor. They knock down their threes tonight. And the Magic become the first team this year in Jonathan Isaac's return to beat the Celtics. Andy Gresh. He's got a very strong personality in all of the best ways. And in that role, in that job, you can't be afraid of confrontation. And the thing is, Billy can do that, but he also is an incredible listener. Part of his confrontation is all about motivating people. So I think this is a really terrific rehire by the New England Patriots. Christian Fourier. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, and you said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to do, I'd have already done it. Okay, I'm taking a day at a time. Gresh and Fourier right now. This is just something Doc always told us. Don't get bored with the process. Right? I mean, they got the best record. You can easily be like, we can't wait for playoffs. No, mm-hmm. the process is take care of the regular season because yeah. that'll carry over to the playoffs because they know what the ultimate goal is to win a championship. On WEEI. Here we go. It's a Tuesday with Gresh and Fourier. And oh boy, it feels like the skies have opened up. We will get to the reported hiring of Bill O'Brien with the New England Patriots. I'm telling you, this feels like a new day. We'll unpack it with you at 617-779-7937. Hang on here. For some reason, I can't get my dadgum computer. There we go. I got my computer to shut off. Luckily, it wasn't private viewing. Yeah, listen, (laughs) that was uh, louder than the uh, fight that the Celtics put up last night in Orlando where the uh, the Celtics give up 33 points in the third quarter. Score started to get away from them a little bit. 
and then in the fourth quarter, no real answers against, as you heard there, Sean Grande was off of radio and doing the TV call last night with Eddie House and his giant chain. I mean, it was, he looked like he was in his playing days with the chain that he had on last night. But 113.98 is the final. And who would have thunked Fourier mm. that an 18 and 29 team, the Orlando Magic, would be the team right now that would hold the season series victory mm-hmm. over the far and away best team in the Eastern Conference, if not the best team record-wise in the NBA. Uh, okay, uh, stand up, please, in the front row if uh, if you're a team that has more than two wins over the Celtics. Anybody? Oh, Orlando Magic, you guys right there. Anybody else? Nobody else. Nobody else. So just looking at this game, a couple of things stand out to me. Okay, first of all, the whole, like, uh, 17 turnovers in, in a game is like the Achilles heel for this team. You reach 17 or more turnovers, you're going to lose. They had 18. Mm-hmm. They had 18 turnovers. Um, Jalen Brown had five. Tatum had three. So, okay, they played them four times. And I was trying to figure out what is, like, the common theme in this. There's got to be a theme uh, whether it's personnel, whether it's just, you know, sleepwalking through a game, whatever, they, they, their personnel, it's a terrible matchup against you. The one thing that stood out to me, and this is something I think could come back to haunt them in the future, is the turnovers. Okay, so the last time they played it was December 17th. They had 15 turnovers. Jalen Brown had five. Jason Tatum didn't play. Okay, so then they played them, uh, then, sorry, the, uh, then they played them again, and they lost, what, 117 to 109. Jalen Brown had seven turnovers. So Jalen Brown had 17 turnovers against the Orlando Magic in three games. Three freaking games. I know it's not the only thing, but it stands out to me because all that talk about the offseason, about dribbling underwater and working out underwater, and you thought, okay, now he won't kick the ball out of bounds. Some of the times, some of the turnovers he has are so unbelievably mind-boggling and so, sure as hell, he turns it over. the t- The team turns it over, and they and they run in transition. They go on runs. They get buckets. They get dunks. They get layups because you keep coughing it up, and then you put them in a half court offense, and it's a little bit more challenging. But you can't keep turning it over. Jalen Brown is a problem when it comes to turning turning the basketball over. It'll be a problem when they get in the postseason, and you wonder why did they lose to a team that they should have won, they should have beat. It'll be this. This is it. So, I mean, you can point to the bench points. You can point to the fact that their bench outscored your bench. And well, even, that's, that's, that's because some of the bench guys had to start last night. You had Blake Griffin starting. You had Derek White starting last night. Uh, you didn't have Malcolm Brogdon. You'd mentioned in one of the earlier games against Orlando, Tatum didn't play in that one. So some of it is opportunity for Orlando, but your point is a good one because when I look at Jalen Brown sometimes, he'll make an amazing, unbelievable play that just, my God, you say, geez, look at the athlete that he is. And then there are times he looks like, the uncoordinated kid that is going too fast and can't dribble to keep up with how fast it's he's amazing. running. It's a, it, 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 I think it's, and it's a and massive what, divide yes, between the two. Yes, it's like how I can imagine you. I mean, listen, we all have bad days. You have bad games. You drop a ball, you should catch. You miss a shot you normally make. But you're right. The swings are so. It's like how did somebody, somebody so talented, so good, all of a sudden do something so stupid, like consistently. Like, his bad games are always kind of look the same. It's like a total, complete, like, just he crumbles. And he still gets 26 points, 
But you imagine what he could do if he didn't just, I don't know, disappear or forget how to dribble a ball. That stands out to me. That that was it. Obviously, you know, not having all the players and all that stuff and playing against a team that you should beat, fine. You know, but that to me is something that they're going to have to fix. Well, a couple of people jumping in via text at 37937. Uh, the 774 says Orlando's length is literally unmatched. Perfect storm for the turnover-prone Celtics. Maybe the only other team with the length would be Oklahoma City, but the texter's point is a good one. And Tommy Baby won in the Twitch chat, twitch.tv slash WEI. Follow WEI on Twitch. Says Jalen's turnovers against Orlando because in those games we're missing ball handlers. Last night, no smart, no Brogdon, more ball handling responsibilities, and it's not for him. That's why Peyton Pritchard played 31 minutes last night. Now, I know Pritchard only scored five points, but it was the can we get a ball handler on the floor to get us into our offense and to be able to limit some of those turnovers. And really, after the game as well, Celtics coach Joe Mazzula said, listen, got to give Orlando some love here. Credit to Orlando. They played hard. Uh, they played physical. Uh, they played with an edge for you know, uh, the entire game. Uh, we had a lot of good moments of that, but you know they played very well. Uh, and then there was Joe Mazzulla after the game. Now, Joe Mazzulla at one point in time called a second quarter timeout, and we saw, you know, try to slow Orlando down a little bit. So this was Abby Chin of NBC Sports Boston asking the question of Mazzulla about that whole sequence. And, well, maybe the coach <laughs> didn't exactly get it. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Timeout at 8-11 in the first half. Give you some more confidence. And- I called one? Yeah. Oh, man. And that's why we lost. Oh, and then you went on a 21-5 run. Oh, well. Second quarter. Just felt the need to bring it up. Thank you. 16-1 to run immediately. Abby noted 21-5 to run, and Missoula was like, oh. Well, okay then. That was that was a weird exchange for me because I I heard I was like, wait, why is he just jumping to like it's it's almost like he's like you know dismissing or almost mocking Abby Chin with the whole well that's what we lost like she didn't even really finish her sentence and he jumped right into well that's what we lost that was like mock it was that was weird to me there was no need for him to get all uppity and uptight about a game like that when I think everyone kind of understood why they lost it wasn't like the the be all end all it was weird. And then not to just to, to add to some of their issues, but one last thing that stood out to me this game we can move on is, is the absence of Grant Williams. So you have all these guys missing. You have Brogdon missing. You have Tatum that left for, I don't know, how, how much of, of a period of time. You had no Robert Williams. And um, you had and also, no Marcus Smart. And you had no Marcus Smart. What three an pretty, unbelievable. Three pretty important guys. You took three shots. You took three shots. You ended with four points. I was talking about yesterday, all these guys out, Jalen Brown should get 30-plus 30, 30 points easy because all the extra opportunities. But he missed on opportunities because he couldn't control the ball. And Grant Williams only giving you three shots. He can't give you three shots. Foul trouble with him. Five fouls last night. To me, that is a part of the culprit with him. You have him out there, you take the good with the bad. Sometimes the good is... He's knocking down a bunch of threes against Milwaukee to help you get to the next round of the playoffs. And then there are times where he gets in foul trouble and woofs at the referees too much and loses his way. Well, I will say this. I will be part of the parlay today. Whoa. I will be part of the parlay just in case you're Breaking wondering, okay? News. Because I like the I like the the sure things. Oh, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, this just in. Man who doesn't know gambling thinks he's found a sure thing. Nope, nope, nope. I have found it because 
Because NBA games, in my opinion, are the most predictable. They're fantastic. They're very predictable. <laughs> Here comes a game where you probably should have won. You didn't have any of your players, and you're kind of irritated that you kind of let one slip away, and you lost three straight times to the Orlando Magic, and now you play the Heat. And now you play the Heat. You don't mm-hmm. like them. They don't like you. They're kind of struggling. But you need to make sure you prove a point before you run home and have like five games at home. So if you're wondering which way I'm leaning, okay, I'll tell you soon. Because if you don't know, I'm going to tell you. All right. Well, we're going to get to that at 1145, the lunchtime parlay. So Fourier is in. So it'll be a four-leg parlay, which means your odds go up in terms of making more money for just your uh, $10. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Gresh Fourier, W-E-E-I. Get us on Instagram, Gresh and Fourier. The Ramil Tapia deal looks like it's done. Uh, Apparently, he's going to get about $2 bucks, I guess, and However, the Red Sox set that up, great. It's another outfielder to throw on the pile, and we'll see how this all shakes down. It's starting to feel like more and more, and I know Kike Hernandez talked about it a winter weekend. feels like more and more that that is going to be a guy in the infield, and then maybe that's part of the reason why you bring in someone like Tapia. For those who uh, forget he had that inside-the-park home yep. run grand slam with Jaron Duran looking up to the sky saying, oh, my God, I can't find anything. Meanwhile... Mac Jones this morning steps outside of his snow-laden crib, tells Sophie, hold on, don't worry, listen, I'll handle this rascal that I woke up with, if you know what I mean, because he goes outside, and unlike Jaron Durant, looked to the sky, couldn't find a baseball, Mac Jones looks up and says, thank you, thank you, Jesus, for bringing him Bill O'Brien. You and I are going to get more into this at 617-779-7937, but your quick thoughts on the Schefter report that B.O.B. is coming back. I think this is a uh, – you mentioned it. That's it. Like it, it, it feels like a miracle. It feels like – it's like all our problems are saved. It's time to rejoice. It is time to party. Yes. We are, we are going to church. We yeah. go to church. I don't know what type of church you were raised in or how, what kind of, you know, religious ceremony you're used to. But when we come back, we are going to celebrate. Should we dance like the crazy people yes. that play with serpents? Go to the wide shot. Hold on. Here you go. Studio, looking like a bunch of idiots. That's right. That's it. It's if we had a Bible in our hand and a snake over near the podium, they'd be like, "Oh my God, rejoice, yeah. baby!" Oh yeah, let me. Let me have, someone's gonna get bit by that snake. My eventually. goodness gracious! It's about freaking time! Hallelujah, baby! Hallelujah! There's not a happier person on this planet than Mac Jones. There isn't a happier person. This is all he needs. Even all more than Bill O'Brien. <laughs> Again, he got was, a job. He was he was strapped to the to the railroad tracks, and here comes the train, ready to kind of damsel in distress, ready to run him over. And here comes Bill O'Brien on his white hat in slow motion with black and white, and, and the words it's like an old old school movie. I'll save you. He walks Rebecca? out of the, he walks out of the cloud of smoke that was left behind yeah. when the horses ran off. Yeah. He's the last one there. Being like, oh, I own this town. That's it. It's the only thing he needs now. That's oh, it. That's it. Sweet now, Jesus. Now it's time to improve. That's it. 
It now, no excuses, no one to blame, no one to point the finger at. You're not going to be waving off anybody in frustration. All that ends. All of it ends. Well, we're going to get to the first order of business, but Patriot fans, does this make you happy that Bill O'Brien is here? We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Tell your smart speaker to play 93.7 WEEI. Gresham Fourier on WEEI. Oh, yeah, B.O.B. is back, baby. It's not B.Y.O.B. It's B.O.B. Bill O'Brien, according to Adam Schefter, and others have confirmed locally as well, that uh, Bill O'Brien will be the offensive coordinator. I always love those. What? Uh, Adam Schefter broke the news, and then 30 minutes later, I, local reporter, have also confirmed news reported by someone else. It's like, oh, my God, do we need to... There are some there are some reporting trends that that we will talk about maybe hopefully later that just drive me insane and that's one of them. Oh, it's like oh yes, I would like to be part of the story also just to show show that I'm um you know I'm in it in to, in it to win it too is you know I know uh, Adam Schefter reported that but just in case you weren't really trustworthy of Adam Schefter because he gets so many things wrong I checked his work and I can confirm he's right that's right it's always <laughs> those always get me and crack me up and Patriot fans are you happy or upset that in a way I guess we can like a texter sent in the three seven ninety three seven a Blues Brothers reference. Putting the band back together, it kind of feels like, with Bill O'Brien walking back through the door. 617-779-7937. And uh, for those of you who forget what Bill O'Brien kind of sounds like, this was before the game against Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl when Bill O'Brien was asked about, well, you going to be here or are you going back to New England? I haven't spoken to anybody in New England since probably last April. When, when when I went by and saw those guys when I was up there. So, um, you know, I wish them well in their last however many games they have left. Uh, but, you know, we're very focused on on, on this game and, and focused on coaching this team to the best of our ability. So very deflective, very Belichick-like. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I was um, – I'm happy they did it when they, when they did. There wasn't any need to wait any longer. I don't think there was – you don't need to, you know, interview anybody else. It's all eyewash anyways. Everybody knows who the real target is. And thank God, 
You didn't just fool around with it. You didn't string it along. You didn't just, you know, try to, like, create some sort of narrative that wasn't true. You needed an offensive coordinator better than any team has needed a coordinator in the history of the NFL based on what happened. Yeah. Well, I know that's a tad bit of exaggeration. That is but, heavy. But the point is, is that with the status of this organization, with the reputation that you have, I can, I can make a case that based on what you've done and what you've accomplished – this was one of the biggest needs. This team, call it, let's just narrow it down. It was the this biggest offseason need. Of, of the last 20 years, whatever you want to call it, this was the biggest, most obvious, obvious need that this New England Patriots team has had in a long, long time. Okay? Um, so I'm glad they did it because it makes you instantly relevant. It makes you better. Now, not all your problems are solved because there is there are some obvious um, other challenges and issues that you're going to have to address. But if you're a fan of the Patriots, listen, let let me know. Like, do you feel better about it? Can you Should. sleep at night now? You should okay? Can you sleep at night now? Did Bill finally? And I would also say, what took you so long? Because all I was thinking about Gresh when I heard the news is, what forced them to wait? Like, what was it that said, okay? We knew we wanted him last year. I believe they wanted him last year. I do too. I believe there must it must have been a respect thing with Saban. It must have been a I can't take him right because Saban is on record and Bill is on record when he doesn't like how guys poaches coaches. And Saban might have told Bill, "I don't have anybody in waiting yeah. right now." That's the I, other part of I it. Think like it I was think a respect if, thing. Like if if there was uh, if Tom Herman, let's say, and yeah. I know a lot of people who don't follow college football, be like, well, "Who the hell is Tom Herman?" Right? But if Tom Herman were an analyst at Alabama, say last year, and Bill O'Brien could have left, and he could have elevated someone like that. So to me, from the Saban end, it was Bill. You can't take this guy because I don't have anybody to replace him right now. I do, and then they did because you could argue that if it was in the best interest of the New England Patriots, which by the way, Bill Belichick tells us he does all the time, then the needs of Alabama wouldn't matter what he needed here in New England. Yeah, I I I feel like there's there's definitely something of that because you sat there and go, you lost this guy, you lost that guy. The only guy really left in the building was Nick Cayley as far as a succession plan, and I think that's real. They didn't think he was. They didn't think he was ready, so he stays as tight ends coach, and he didn't feel probably comfortable grabbing somebody else. It just did. It was. It was going to be too hard. So he said, "You know what? Forget it. Let's just get by." Right. I feel like mm-hmm. this. Maybe this was the real bridge. Let's just get by for now. Let's do the best we can, guys. It went horribly wrong, but whatever. He was still the guy he wanted was Bill O'Brien, and I feel Bill O'Brien probably wanted to come also, but he probably no felt. Doubt. Some sort of loyalty. Like, I can't leave this guy hanging out like this. Right. We've been through too much. And they're all friends. And we're all friends. So, I mean, listen, I'm just going to hold out one more year. You know, then I'm going to leave. So, finally, it's happened. This is the best thing that has happened to this franchise in a long period of time. 617-779-7937. Are you feeling the same way about Bill O'Brien coming back through the door? So, now that we know Bill O'Brien is coming back, Foyer. Bill O'Brien's first order of business is what? Well, if I'm Bill O'Brien, the first thing I do is I call Mac Jones and I ask him to uh, meet me uh, at Gillette Stadium. I sit him down and I say this. Look at me. Sure. Look at me. Sure. I'm the captain now. That's it. I'm in charge. I'm in control. 
don't worry about it. You'll have the right information. You'll have the right reads. You'll have the right philosophy. We'll have the right scheme. We'll manage the game the right way. We'll put people in position to win. I'll take advantage of the personnel that I have. I'll be the leader, the CEO, the head coach of the offense. You don't have – and if you have any lip and if you want to challenge me, I'm, I'm not afraid of that smoke. I'll do the whole Shannon Sharp thing. The guy is not afraid of confrontation. Right. He is so, like, you know, sure of himself and confident in what he knows and how to explain it. He doesn't – he's not afraid to go back and forth with you. So if there's a real big part of, like, you know, some sort of tension that exists or maybe a misunderstanding, if you go at him, you better come at him with the right information. You better come at him with just the right, you know, knowledge and, you know, point of view. And then, you know, and, and if you feel passionate about it, that's fine. That's fine. No one's going to hold a grudge, but we're ready. He's going to come back at you with the same type of vigor and venom. Like, it's the same thing. It's interesting you bring this up because Scott Pioli earlier today on Good Morning Football on NFL Network said this about Bill O'Brien. He's got a very strong personality in all of the best ways. And in that role, in that job, you can't be afraid of confrontation. And the thing is, Billy can do that, but he also is an incredible listener. Part of his confrontation is all about motivating people. So I think this is a really terrific rehire by the New England Patriots. So when you think about Bill O'Brien and then you think about the sideline interactions that Matt Patricia had with Mac Jones, it felt like... Matt Patricia was kind of like sneaking up on the glass to take a drink of water. It was like, okay, Mac, okay, here we go. You know what I mean? Whereas it was more Mac was – it felt like there were times where Mac was the alpha dictating to Matt versus, to your point, Bill O'Brien's going to have his stuff buttoned up. I think the level of lip, let's call it, that Mac Jones would give someone like Bill O'Brien would probably not be very much anyway considering – what a difference. Like, it's going to feel like he went from peewees to yeah. the pros in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. And I think that is, for somebody who is really smart and puts a lot of time into it, the most frustrating thing is having somebody in charge of you that isn't. It isn't. And you're supposed to be, you know. You, you have know, no power. You have no stripes. Just, you know you're not the coordinator. I can't tell you, like, how unbelievably mm. frustrating it is. To have a coach in a position of leadership, at least at your position or the offense, when you sit there and you go, this this fool, this right. this freaking idiot. Now, the older you get, you know, um, the, the wiser you are, and the more you understand how you know offense should work. You know where your advantages are, where your disadvantages are. Like, even when you're calling a play, you sit there. I've been in so many situations where I've been in motion, and I'm running the play, and as I'm going in motion, Gresh. I know it's going to fail. I just see it. I'm like, I know I'm going to get beat because I can't block this guy. This is not something I'm good at. Let's just be honest. Like, I, I don't, this is not what I do. I'll do the best I can, but this scheme sucks. It sucks. Like, don't put me in this position. Everyone's, everyone's going to lose. And it happens across the line from sideline to sideline. And um, when you get somebody who says, you know what? Bear with me on this one. This is why I want you to do this. Okay, you don't have to. You don't have to win. Just get in the way, right? And I was like, all right, right. I can do that. I don't okay. Now that we've already set the standard, let's. You know, I can't win. And then I'm going to set you up, and this is what's going to happen. Perfect. Thank you. I understand my role. I understand my responsibility. Now I even understand what you want from me. 
and there's not this hidden misunderstanding or you're telling me the completely wrong thing and I know you're wrong, but I'm forced to do it anyways. That's where I think a lot of people misunderstand, like misrepresent like what Mac was going through. He's a baby. Like he's, a, I can't, he shouldn't be demonstrative. He, he hasn't earned the right to talk back. Shut up. Anyone who is critical of him has never been in that position and doesn't know like what, what's at stake. They just don't get it. So I, who was it? Uh, who was a boomer sign was on Greg's show? Yep. Calling him like douchey. It was like a whole douchey move. So I, I totally, totally disagree with yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. And part of the reason is because if you're an NFL football player, and you know this better than anybody, for most of us, we could do our chosen occupations forever. If you're a pro football player, you're lucky if you get five years. You are beyond lucky if you get to 10. Anything else, it feels almost like gravy. But in those years, you're going to make the majority of the money that you're going to have for the rest of your life. And if you're Mac Jones, you're sitting there saying, quarterbacks nowadays are getting $200 million contracts, and I got to deal with this idiot. So whatever your chosen profession is, think of it this way. Think of the person, because see, this way everybody can just keep it in their mind and not say it out loud. But what I want you to do is think of the biggest idiot or nimrod in your workplace. Like okay? here? Anywhere. Oh. I'm talking to the people. The over, <laughs> there are lots of people, you know, our mailman Dice out there. He knows which Ruby's thinking of. A lot of our lawyer friends out there, they know who that. Everybody's got someone in their mind right now that is listening to this show that is kind of the village idiot of their office. And think of that guy being in control of your career, even for one year. You would just say, oh, thank you, sir. May I have another? You wouldn't have the thoughts that Mac Jones did or Mac Jones running out on the field and some guy is yammering in his ear and he waves him off because he doesn't need to hear it. But that's the point is that for all of us, we all might come across a speed bump or two along the way in our careers but well, we got 40 years in theory to do our jobs. You can overcome it. Matt Jones can't overcome the year that he just had with Matt Patricia. So you got to understand, I think, a little bit of that emotion and the angst coming out. And I want to narrow down for people to be like, okay, just put yourself in that scenario for a second. Even though you can work the rest of your life and work around someone, it would be like the person in your office that would be, it would be like the, the building manager being the guy in charge of whatever it is that you do, and the guy's sort of aware of what goes on, but doesn't really completely understand how to do the job, and you know it a little better, or at least you think you do, and you're going to say something to said person. Yeah, and, and I think, just thinking this through, like the more we talk it out, just how so many other people benefit from this hire. So there's the offense that that obviously benefits from it. It's a great point. Okay, and the other the other aspect of this is that I think Bill was being spread a little too thin. He, he His responsibilities were just all over the place. The, the special teams was terrible. The offense was terrible. The defense, you're like, all right, they, for the most part, I can trust those guys, but I still kind of have to hover a little bit just to make sure because, like, every game is so important and we're so close to making the playoffs. He, well, he may not even go in that room. He may not even interact with them at all. I think part of the situation is, listen, we'll – We'll work together. Bill, you're the head coach. 
like, what do you want me to kind of focus on based on who we're playing against? Because you just can't go out there, and if you're playing a team that scores a lot of points and your offense is suspect, but, you know, they're good, but they're not great, and then maybe they can't keep up, it's it's going to go back to complementary football. Hey, uh, Bill, we need a game plan that does this because I, I have to protect my defense from that. Right. Okay, so with that in mind, go. All right, so he goes, and he kind of – And he works it out with Mac. He here it is. Here's what I'm here's, – okay, here's what I'm thinking. Okay, I like this. Okay, think about this. All right, um, we, we need to be mindful of this now. He'll never tell him what to do. I think there's, like, certain verbal cues that you can express your opinion to somebody, like point him in the right direction without saying do this so you don't, like, screw with, like, the relationship. Be mindful of this. We need to be thinking about that. We're a little thin in the secondary. Yes. Remember that this yes. week as you're blah, blah, blah. Yes. Right. I think it's, that's the way the relationship – otherwise, he's going to probably – Interview the wide receiver coaches. Like he'll talk to the running backs coach. He'll talk to the tight ends coach. I gotta make sure you guys are committed. I gotta make sure you understand what I want from you. This is the way I coach. I don't know how you did it before, but this is what I expect from my position coaches. And uh, you know, and if you're okay with that, we're good. If not, then probably should go somewhere else. You're talking Bill O'Brien with Gresham Fourier at six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Keith and Nantucket first up today. Go ahead, Keith. Hey, I'm happy to have Bill O'Brien on board. I think this is a big move. Uh, the two points that I'd want to make is, one, I think Kraft and company realizes that this guy could be a head coach in waiting if Belichick wants to just be a GM. That would be a good exit strategy for him. And uh, Bill O'Brien, I, I like the Tom Brady coin that they gave him, teapot. He's real passionate. He's a passionate dude. Well, I think a little bit of that helps sort of wake your offense up when they need it. But also, I think Fourier just made a great point that's flying under the radar, and that is this isn't just about Mac Jones, and this isn't just about bringing back an offensive coordinator that you're familiar with. It's bringing someone in who understands the scheme, as Fourier just explained, understanding the head coach in his ways, but also who are the others that benefit from this. Maybe this is just a hunch that the first time the spacing is wrong and a route concept and two guys run into each other, Bill O'Brien is not going to be the one to be like, yeah, guys, my, my my bad. Like, don't worry about it. You guys ran into each other. Da, da, da. Mm. Hell no. It's going to oh, be Gresh. F you. Where were you at your 13-yard route? You didn't break it off at five. Why are you guys running into each other and all that kind of stuff? Different level of engagement, whereas we were looking at the Rube on the sideline calling plays and thinking, oh, my God, what a terrible route concept. You're going to clean a lot of that stuff up real quick with Bill O'Brien. You know what I call that? What's that? My bad football. Oh, uh, my bad, coach. My bad. My bad. Like, no, there's no, there's, there's no punishment. Oh, I started, oh, I jumped outside. My bad. My bad. Like, my, you know how many my bad moments and how many my bad, my bad players they had on that offense. Oh, there were a lot. Every, every, every person thought it was their turn. Well, listen, everybody's getting a my bad. When's it my turn? Well, there's no punishment. I'm not getting cut. I'm not losing any of my money. Is that Nobody's contagious? Yelling at me. Absolutely. My bad. Football is over. Like that part you just mentioned. Hey, the whole route concept, so we've went over it 500 times. It's basic. We we installed it on week one, and you're doing it. You're screwing it up on week 10. 
And I know your coach told him, told you because I yelled at him for telling you. Mm. So and then so this whole my bad crap, it's it's done. So there is going to be, you know, I don't think he's gonna run in there and like try to yell and scream at everybody because pros don't deal with that. It's like they don't deal with the whole like it's you know that whole like you know that whole thing. There's gonna have to be a really un, a really clear understanding of what's expected from you and the whole my bad football and he'll put up all the plays over there. And I bet he uses that phrase to explain like what's going on because there was too much of it. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. You're getting in talking Bill O'Brien with us. We will get to um, rumors. We'll leave it at that because rumors are from reporting, and, well, we've got a problem with all of it. We will get to the AFC East, but Bill O'Brien's first order of business in New England is what? Your thoughts next. WEEI, WEEI, New England Sports Original. Now, more Gresham Fourier. On WEEI and streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Feels like the band is getting back together in Foxborough. According to Adam Schefter, Bill O'Brien will be hired as the Patriots offensive coordinator. Now what with Bill O'Brien? 617-779-7937. Mike is in Jacksonville, Florida, where you can always listen to us on the Odyssey app. Mike, you're with Gresham Fourier. Hey, guys. How you doing today? Good, good. good. What's up? Hey, let me just start off by saying the pairing of the two of you together and the time slot that you guys are in is perfect from this person's perspective. I, I, you guys just uh, click. I don't know how much you worked together previously, but it's a joy to hear both of you uh, provide the expertise that you do. So I'll start off with that. But listen, um, I think we're all happy that Billy O's coming back. We know that he's a proven entity in the NFL. I mean, the guy was a winner everywhere he's been as a college coach, Penn State. You know, even with the Texans, he did very well with some mediocre talent on there. And he's been the offensive coordinator here before. He gets along with Bill. I mean, it's it's all good, right? I think the reason he stayed at Bama is he had a two-year contract. And like I think Christian pointed out earlier, you know, they're, they're all tight. You know, Belichick's obviously tight with Saban and vice versa. And I think Billy O's part of that, you know, that galaxy. I'd say the first thing he needs to do, aside from the meeting that he needs to have with Mac that Christian alluded to, is he he needs to influence Bill. I think Bill should be the guy saying what I'm about to say, but I think Billy O needs to push Bill to say that, and that is, look, Mac Jones is our quarterback. Um, all these rumors going out there, you know, we're going to take a stab at Aaron Rodgers. Are we going to go for Lamar Jackson? Are we bringing Tom Brady back? Those cannot be helpful for a team that's trying to solidify its offense. So I would say that's the first thing he needs to do, aside from talking to Mac Jones, is to do that. The other thing, let's not get so related with bringing Billy O back that we forget the O-line left much to be desired last year. And um, we need a number one wide receiver. We really don't have it. We have some decent guys, but none of them are number one. Christian's more, you know, capable and experienced and knowledgeable to say that with credibility than I can. But I think it's obvious to anyone. Well, so yeah, Mike. And with that. I know there were a lot. Mike, thanks. There were a lot of people who were like, "Well, so much for uh, duh, or so much for DeAndre Hopkins." To me, New England was never going to be in it for him anyway. So it's a moot point. What about the whole? Oh, now you got to go get a number one. I think if you have a better play caller, I don't know. If Bill Belichick's going to be thinking that way. Well. <clears throat> 
Right, but I, I the goal is still to you know do what's best for the team, right? Right, but, right, uh, right, right, right. The, the, the but the thing that that kind of cracks me up here's another thing that's kind of being thrown around to show uh, how uh, how important this relationship and the history of this relationship is is because uh, I heard this all morning that Bill O'Brien worked with uh, Mac Jones, which leads you to believe if you don't know anything about how they worked together that he coached him. That he was motivating him, that he no. was teaching him. That never happened. Bill O'Brien was on his way in. Mac Jones was on his way out. They said, "Hey, can you kind of uh, maybe go meet with this guy a little bit to kind of go over the offense?" Blah blah blah. That is how they technically worked together. He was never his coach. He was training for the draft and for a new team. They didn't work together. Just going to clear that up a little bit because everyone thinks that oh, they're they're reunited. Woo! Let's rekindle that Alabama love. No, they cross paths, is what I would say. Well, what's interesting? They cross the streams. But what's interesting is, is that Mac Jones was put in a position to be the coach for the coach. And what did the coach learn about the player in that process? Let's get to Matt in Rhode Island. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, no, this is a really good thing. I think he's going to bring a lot of positive energy into you know training camp and. You know, all the offensive players, like you just said, Christian, are going to, you know, be looking forward to working with them. I think, you know, last year being in the books, you know, ultimately, I guess, you know, Mike Jones is going to have to make that, hopefully strengthen himself and going forward in his career, use it as experience. And just one thing I don't get is, so they they basically forfeited the season making Patricia the offensive coordinator. And now it's like Detroit's not paying you, so you're you're out, like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Thanks, guys. Well, we'll get to uh, we'll get to Matty P and sort of what his future is because for you, we've even had people say, "Oh, is Alabama still paying Bill O'Brien?" No, his deal was up there. That's why it was much more streamlined to get something done with Bill O'Brien. the The Matt Patricia stuff is interesting, and I don't know if necessarily we'll get to it later. But I don't necessarily know if you and I are. Uh, no. Taking the cheese on what's out there. Let's okay. put it that way. Uh, Steve in Connecticut on Bill O'Brien regression for you. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, guys. How you doing today? Sure, man. What's up? Uh, so, two quick things. Um, obviously, I'm happy about Bill O'Brien being hired. Um, and I know one of the previous callers mentioned getting the number one wide receiver. I don't know if we can get that. But I definitely think he helps the offense because I don't think we have a bunch of scrubs in the offense. I actually think we have some talent. Um, but I was going to ask you guys is – what are your expectations with Bill O'Brien coming in? Like, what do you expect this offense um, to, like, be, to look like? And secondly, what else do you think needs to be done to help this offense besides just bringing in a new offensive coordinator? Good stuff, Steve. So what else do they need other than an offensive coordinator? Okay. Again, I'm starting with the offensive line. We're going to the boring things that, you know, that, that solve most of your problems. It, you need a tackle. It just, I don't know, fill in the blank. I feel, I feel like you need a tackle. Get that guy, and I think you will be able to add talent, right? I'll just say you can add talent that will help you build your team. Obviously, the right talent, but I don't think you necessarily. And I hate when people say, "Oh, you know, they need a Jamar Chase type." No crap! Wouldn't everybody want Jamar Chase? Right, right. he's like the best wide receiver, and he's like twenty-two, twenty-three years old. He's amazing. Of course, they need a uh, Jamar Chase. It would it would do would do a lot. It's like saying, "Go get Patrick Mahomes." Yeah, they need a Patrick Mahomes. Go find type. a Pat Mahomes type. Go <laughs> find his parents. Tell him to have another baby and see if this the, the new baby can be just as good as this guy. Twenty one years. Yes. Just wait it out. Yes, I don't. I just it's just not easy. 
I feel like again, three wins above replacement. You're gonna you're you're a ten or eleven win team. You make the playoffs. Maybe you don't win the division. Maybe you do actually. With Buffalo kind of uh, taking a little hit, well, into their psyche. It's interesting you bring that up because the state of the AFC East, especially now that Bill O'Brien is here, and you're not worried that the offensive coordinator is the flaw. We'll get to that. Continue with you on this Tuesday, Gresham Foyer. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.